Hello, everybody. I am Craig. And I am Doug. And Nick's not here. Um, but we thought we would drop an episode because it's been a couple weeks. We're not very... Uh, <laughs> we've not been keeping up very well um, lately. When was the last one? Was it September? Yeah, it was. No, we did one right at the 1st of October, didn't we? I don't remember. <laughs> I guess so. I don't remember when it was. We did two at the same time. Yeah. Maybe end of it, end of September. It would no, it was September. This fall just started. Yep, yep, yep. You did your fall top ten. Yeah. So it's been like two weeks or yeah. more. Yeah, or more. It's already the thirteenth of October, and you might be disappointed, but we do not have a top ten today. Such a shame. Or a top five, because I couldn't think of anything. I've got a couple things in mind, but Nick would be like, oh, you yep. should wait for me to be there. And There's some good ones. that there, I thought of one that would be good that Nick needs to be here for. What's that? Uh, you did the top 10 90s songs. You need to do top 10 80s. Yeah. We probably could have done that one. He probably wouldn't cared. <laughs> he, he can find some 80s songs. <laughs> he comes up with some good yeah, ones. Yeah, he come up with something. Yeah, we need to do that. I wanted to do a, a scary movie, Halloween movie, but do that a little, little closer, maybe. Yeah, if we can get him here, we'll see. We'll see how time adds up. His work schedule's changed, so it might be a little, more, a little more difficult to get him in. But we'll drag see. him in on a Saturday, Lordy Day. We'll see. We'll see what we can do. Or Sunday. That's probably less likely. Um, so what's been going on? I don't know. Nothing much. I got some sports news. What is it? The Atlanta Braves are in the NLCS, which means there's four teams left in baseball. They're one of the four. Hmm. This is the farthest they've been in a very, very long time. Interesting. They won last night, the first game. Game one, it's best of seven. So they play tonight. Well, by the time you're listening to this, that game's over, too. <laughs> by the time you're listening, game three might be over. I'm not sure. But they won the first one. So um, I'm hoping they can pull it off. Be pretty, pretty cool. The last time they were in the World Series was, I believe, 1996. They won it in 95. Mm-hmm. And I can remember I, I can remember watching some of the 96 World Series. Um, I'm not a huge baseball fan. I I used to watch it quite, you know, fairly often, but that's always been my team since I was a little kid, I guess. If I was going to choose a team, that's them. Me and you went and watched the Braves. Yep. And we watched the Braves and the last year's World Series champions, uh, Washington Nationals. Yep. In D.C. So, and we got a bobblehead. I still have mine. Yeah, I do. I'm saving it for when it might be worth a it, lot of money on it, eBay. It'll be worth something one day, I guarantee I you. hope so. And it's from the year they won the World Series. That only helps. Yep, that's so, good. Best player on the team, too. So, um, I don't think they even kept him. I don't think. I think I think they, really, they, they didn't re-sign him or something. I know nothing about it, so <laughs> don't look at me. Did you ever watch baseball? Nope. Do you ever watch any sports? Nope. Okay. <laughs> um, that's about it, I guess. What's going on? Anything good? Mm, nothing that we can talk about. Nothing that we without can talk about. 
somebody getting mad, maybe. Yeah, probably. Or being offended. That offends me. Politics and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we better not. So, I guess we can just get into our story of the day. Yes, yes, and it's... It's a good one. At first, seems like it's... When you first start reading about it, it seems like it's just kind of a normal thing. The more you read into it, it's like, this is weird. Yeah. So... Yeah. I'll let you introduce it. All right. Well, it's kind of a localized story, I guess. Pretty close. It's not that far from here. Um, Dennis Martin disappearance. Yes. And he disappeared um, Father's Day weekend, 1969. He was six years old at the time. Almost seven. Um, It was the week before, like the week of his birthday. Yeah, so and it took place in the Smokies. Um, not far, you know, it was in on the Tennessee side, but not far from the North Carolina line. Nope. So let's talk about this. Not Dennis. far from Cade's Cove, which. Yeah, yeah not far. Popular it's, place. It's got a lot of interesting, interesting things about this story. So. Yes. Uh, so, like I said, Father's Day, Father's Day weekend, 1969, all the men in Dennis Martin's family went on an overnight hiking trip into the Great Smoky Mountains. The group was Clyde Martin, his son, William, who was 33. So Clyde was the grandpa. And then we got William, that's 33. William's oldest son, Doug, who was nine years old. Was that you? Yeah. You you were nine this year, too. Uh, (laughs) And then the youngest son, Dennis, who was six, but would have been seven the next week. Yep. So Dennis was in special ed group at class, and they say that his mental age was about half a year behind his physical age, which is, you know, mm, not, not that much, not major. Like I, I've never heard it. He's about a half a year behind. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I guess at that age, it makes a bigger difference. Uh, than, yeah, I guess so. So he'd be like five and a half ish. Yeah, mentally, that just don't seem like a huge, or actually more like reach for me. I don't know. Since he was almost seven, then he would have been. It wouldn't have been that much of a difference. No, I mean, it wouldn't have made a difference for I don't, anything. I don't feel like it made a big difference, but I, I don't know. It wasn't his teacher, doctor, or whatever. Um, but the Father's Day trip was a Martin family tradition. But this was Dennis's first time going. Mm-hmm. So on June fourteenth, they started their hike in Cades Cove. Have you been to Cades Cove? Several times. Okay, good deal. Me too. I was just there a couple weeks ago camping, actually, um, which is in Tennessee. Uh, if, you, if you're listening, if you've not been to Cades Cove, it's pretty enjoyable. You'd probably like it if you like this sort of thing. But they were at the Anthony Creek Trail, and they hiked along the Russell Field Trail, and they spent the night at the Russell Field Shelter. I have no idea where I, that is. Me neither. Um, that's one thing. Like I've been to Cades Cove growing up my whole life, and... The trails that they mention in this, I don't know where they're at. Because <laughs> you've just never been hiking, I guess. Well, that's true. I mean, I'm familiar with a lot of the areas, but specific, there's a lot of trails. So I guess, you know. And I've just driven, I mean, pretty much driven, driven through Cades Cove yeah. and looked at all the stuff. Right. Never hiked anywhere. There, there's a difference there. So at the Russell Field, the Martin family met another family. Can you guess what their last name was? Might it be Martin? It was Martin as well, which is kind of strange. Um, I mean, Martin's not an extremely unique name, though. 
But I, I listened to I listened to a video on this guy today talking about it, and he was like, "They're both names Martin," like it was a sinister plan of some sort. And I was like, "It's yeah. not that unusual." Like, I mean, it's weird, but it's, it's a not, little weird, but it's not nothing like outlandishly crazy. I don't crazy. think the universe was putting the two Martin families together <laughs> for some for some sinister purpose. Yeah, it did. It, to me, didn't feel like that big. Oh, well. Um, so they had two sons. That Martin family also had two sons. Carter Martin II. So I'm assuming daddy's name was Carter as well. I would say so. And Doug Martin. And he was the same age as the other Doug He Martin. was nine years old the same that's, as the other one. That makes it a tiny that, bit that's weirder. That's a little more weird. Uh, they were not related and had never met before. So the next morning, the two Martin families hiked together. 2.9-mile trail uh, along the Appalachian Trail to the Spence Field, which is a popular camping spot on the Tennessee-North Carolina border. Um, This is a large, grassy field area with a hiking shelter. So, you know, it's got... At least it was a large, grassy field. It was. I believe they say it's grown up quite a bit now, but... (laughs) A little different now, huh? Then it was a large, grassy field. Yeah. I'd say a few things have changed since Father's Day in 1969. Uh, at the Spence Field, they met Clyde's brothers and sisters, along with the other family members. Well, there's a pretty big gathering, sounds like. Yeah. They got nice a good, place. They got a good gang going on here. Um, that afternoon around 4.30, the boys were all playing, and they decided they were going to surprise attack the adults. And they were hiding in the bushes in the trees nearby. Dennis was wearing a red shirt, so the other boys told him to sneak up on the adults from behind because he could be easier. It was easier for them to see him from far away. So Dennis moved away from the other boys in the direction of the Appalachian Trail. The kids sprung their surprise attack on the adults, but Dennis wasn't there with them. Mm-hmm. A few minutes earlier, he had been less than thirty feet away. Now, nowhere he was nowhere to be seen. Um, that's quick. He, yeah, quick, and quick. his daddy, his daddy had seen where he was, that he where he was hiding. They they didn't. It wasn't really a shock to these parents. They knew what was going on. Oh yeah, they knew that the but kids were. Dennis's dad was keeping an eye on Dennis. He was the youngest of the kids, and he saw him go behind a bush. Mm-hmm. He went and checked the bush, and he wasn't there. So <clears throat> he's yelling for his son, going over there checking out the whole area where he's at. And he's nowhere to, nowhere to be seen. So soon everybody was calling for him. Some of the adults began their search um, in that direction where he was last seen. But there was no trace of him. Not so William, his, uh, Dennis's daddy, ran about a mile up the Appalachian Trail. They say a dead sprint, basically. And he didn't find anything. He came back to Spence Field hoping that Dennis would be back, but he wasn't. Uh, the park naturalist... Which I'm not really sure what that is. It's I have no idea. Odd description of somebody, but he's the park naturalist. Terry Chilcote and his wife showed up at the Spence Field not very long, not too long after the disappearance. They had been hiking the trail um, up to Spence Field and hadn't seen Dennis or. So he didn't go back the same way that they came. Yeah, didn't see him. So then William decided to run the 2.9 miles back to Russell Field, which was the where they'd camped the night before. 
Dennis's grandfather Clyde searched in the opposite direction. Eventually, he reached the Anthony Creek Trail and Cades Cove. At around 8.30 that night, about four hours after Dennis was last seen, they told park rangers at Cades Cove that Dennis was missing. So they waited four hours to tell park rangers, but at the same time, there was a lot of people up there. Yeah. There was a lot of people looking. A lot of people that could have seen him. And to take the time to go find a park ranger, I would think in the the rush of the search, you wouldn't think it was worth taking the time out while you're looking because he just disappeared. And it would take you a while to go back to where the park rangers were. Yeah, so you're taking valuable time away from searching the area. I I can see both sides, but I think I kind of agree with them. They just did the mad dash search at the time. Yep, he couldn't have got that far. There's no way he got that far. I mean, that's it was that's just the thing. Three to five minutes or something since they saw him. Yeah, that they went looking. So yeah, and, how and far can a, a six year old get? Uh, yeah, it's a kid. Um, I mean, his dad was all over the place. It, it really, it really shocks me that his dad didn't find him. Yep. And you know, I'm sitting here thinking, <laughs> there's no telling how many times something like this has happened, and and the dad did find him. Yep. You know, out of this this case, well, could have happened a hundred times, and as I think it's in my could notes, have found him a whole lot. But it kind of yeah. happened the same time while they were searching for Dennis that other people were having the same experience. Similar, it's interesting. but it's it might point to something it, bigger. It did happen. <laughs> Around the same area at the same time that yeah. people were looking for other people. And, you so. know, we talked one day about um, Derek that disappeared. Yep. And the place he disappeared was where somebody else disappeared, like, the same day. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, the same weekend. I, there's a lot. There's a lot of these same things. spot. And these areas are all very close together. Where this, where Dennis was, is very close to where Derek was, which is very close to where Trini was, which is very close to where uh, Pauline Melton was. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, these cases are all in an area that are pretty tightly bound. Um, Maybe we've just stumbled onto something here. I mean there there is there is a this is chasing a rabbit, mm-hmm. but there's a guy named. I can't, I can't think of his name, but he writes a book series called Missing 411. And he focuses on cases like this. I don't have the book, but I want to get it. And whenever I get the book, we're going to, we'll discuss it. Because he's got a, we're, we're going to discuss some of his thoughts on it today. Okay. Um, his theory is interesting, and I don't know. <laughs> I would like to read his actual book instead of just listen to clips and seeing articles and, and things on what he thinks. But there is a pattern. There is a lot of disappearances that happen in the same area. I'm just not over going to go and back over, to this area years now. and years and years apart. Do what? I'm just not going back there anymore. I mean, it happens. It's freaking me out. <laughs> it, there's some. I, let's just go on, and then we'll talk about it. A little yes, bit. yes, yes. Uh, so around nine o'clock, there was a thunderstorm hit, which is another missing four one one. Rainstorms seem to follow the disappearances. That's really weird. It's it's strange. It really is. I don't want to get too supernatural on this because uh, I could go in some directions that would be there's very some weird odd. stuff. There's some weird stuff. Um, about two and a half inches of two and a half to three inches of rain fell, which is heck a of a lot of rain over a couple hour period. A lot. Uh, and some hail came as well. So it was a bad storm. The rain was enough to wash away any footprints or scent trails. And raised the level the level of nearby streams and creeks. 
Obviously, it would. Been mm-hmm. like flash flood territory there, which were called high and turbulent in the official reports of the disappearance. I will say, when you drive around Cades Cove, if it has rained significantly in the past week, there's places where you'll be driving through water, like through creeks, because mm-hmm. it rises so mad, so bad. Um, when I was there the other day, it had rained earlier in the week, and it was, it, you know, it wasn't flooded out at the time, but the day of the rain, it would have been flooded out. It would have yeah. been hard to get through there. Pretty bad. Um, the temperature that night also dropped into the 50s, almost 50 degrees, which is... That's pretty cold for, for, June. for June. Yeah. Um, nobody did that, I guess. What's that? Thunderstorm had a lot to do y- with that. Yeah, of course. So. Nobody found any sign of Dennis during the night. Park rangers told the family that Dennis would be cold and wet, but that he could Naturally. survive the conditions of the night, obviously. Um, you're not going to freeze death in 50-degree weather. Well. Maybe. Maybe what? We'll continue. I, I mean, normal. Nor if you if I throw you out in the woods and it's fifty degrees outside and it's pouring rain, you're not going to freeze to death and die of hypothermia. Maybe. Ah, uh, you're just, not going. Just to. continue. <laughs> I'm not. But what about a six year old? Well, I, you know, I guess there's other plate parts, moving parts in this. I don't yes, know. there are. Dennis's mother, Violet. Didn't find out that Dennis was missing. Remember, she wasn't there. Um, mm-hmm. So she didn't find out until she arrived at church on Sunday morning to attend Sunday school. She immediately left, along with other members of the church, to go to the Spence Field. Do you know how she found out? Did they call? Like, I'm not Why really did she sure, not know before she got to church? But apparently it said that the Sunday school, the Sunday school director or something like that at the church. Knew. Somehow knew. I don't know how they knew. And they told That's her. weird, too. And then off they go. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. So the search starts pretty heavily the next day, I guess, the official search. Yep. So the chief ranger put together search crews. One had 30 men with five leaders and 10 additional crews of two to four men. Spence Field became the headquarters of the search, which is probably a good place to have headquarters. Makes sense. (laughs) So following the rain, the trail road leading to Spence Field up Bot Mountain, I don't know. B O T Boat Bot Mountain boat, boat. had been made pretty treacherous, obviously, with the mud and the washout from all the rain. Uh the cars and vehicles going up through there were sliding all over the road as they tried to climb the mountain. So they brought a helicopter in to transport the searchers and volunteers and their supplies. So on Sunday, which is June fifteenth, the search plan was put into action. Over 100 searchers spread out over the area to look for Dennis. During the day, over 150 more people joined the search from nearby Pigeon Forge and Knoxville, which are both not far from this area. Uh, Searchers also included members of the Blunt and Sevier County Rescue Squads, the Smoky Mountain Hiking Club, and a group of Boy Scouts that was camping nearby. Hmm lot uh, quite a bit of people yep. and, and people that know the area probably pretty well and, yeah. and and even if they don't know the area well they know how to do this like yeah, they're trained in searching and, the hiking club probably knows the place yeah, pretty well they, they're probably yeah yeah i don't know about the boy scouts i mean they would they would know how to search i guess but i guess <laughs> there's their kids so i don't right. know Right, that's that's a good point. Uh, the Red Cross and a number of other volunteers brought food and drinks for the searchers. The search team covered the area, looking at the drainage of Little River 
Anthony Creek, Little Bald, and Spence Field. Some searchers travel on horse, which I think would be an effective way to travel this area. Uh, two additional helicopters were brought in from Atlanta, and a National Guard troops and U.S. Army Green Beret joined the search efforts. Interesting. Very interesting. Military. Of all the ones we went over, this is the only we've not. Military's not joined any of the searches. No. Um. Especially Green Berets. Yeah, yeah. The National Guard, I could see more than an Army Green Beret. Um. Especially this early in the search. Day one. With that many people already volunteering to mm-hmm. look. It's interesting. So, Monday, June 16th, there were 300 searchers. That's a lot of people walking yeah, through the You'd think woods. 300 people could find a six-year-old. Yeah. Uh, five dog handlers worked on the mon- that Monday, but the dogs didn't pick up any trend- any scent of Dennis's trail. Searchers called Dennis's name out as they searched because he was said to be a quiet boy who would not call out, but would answer if he heard his name. On the third day, Tuesday the 17th, some searchers noticed evidence of wild boar activity in the area and believed that Dennis might have become a victim of the boars. If this was true, there would have been little or no evidence left of the encounter. That is true. That makes sense. Um, If that happened... You, you wouldn't really know because mm. the boars pretty much take care of everything. There wouldn't be anything left. Fine. No, they, uh, some mean animals. But <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I don't know. That is a solid, solid theory, I guess. Um, but anyway, the search continued, obviously. So helicopters continued to fly and more searchers came along. Now, 365 people were looking for Dennis in the fog and the rain. So 65 more people have now joined the search. That's a lot of people. Experienced trackers conducted a grid search, which is kind of interesting. If you, I was watching something they explained a grid search. Have you ever looked into? I have not. So a grid search, they pick a specific area. So say a a square in the woods, a quarter mile by a quarter mile, mm-hmm. and they start. They line people up down the entire quarter mile. So how many people it takes to get to the that far, a whole quarter mile, they line up hmm. straight across. And what they do is they mark off, they mark the square off so you know how long big the square is. Mm-hmm. And you walk arm hmm. in arm straight till you reach that square wherever your stopping point is. And they carry ribbons the whole way down. So every person hmm. has a ribbon so they know that area has been searched. They yeah. search it. Then Sounds like a they turn plan. the other way and walk that direction. Sounds like a plan. So you pretty much cover every inch. Cover every literally every inch of that search area with, with this type of search. Um and pretty during hard that to miss anything if you're doing that. Yeah, and, and that's this missing four one one stuff, a lot of the searches have a grid search and turn up nothing. Yeah, that's weird. So they found some objects around Spence Field, uh, binoculars, backpack, and a few other things, but none of it was Dennis's. Late Tuesday, a radio broadcast said that Dennis had been found. A reporter had overheard a park ranger telling park headquarters that the little boy had been found, but he was referring to another little boy that had mm. in the park who had wandered off. So we have other things going on so, in the same yeah. area. 
things don't just stop because somebody's missing. Nope. Um, it's interesting. One was missing, another <laughs> went missing for a little while, for not little very while. long. They right. found him pretty quick. But right. So now we are at day four of the missing. And the search party has now ballooned to 615 people. That is impressive. I mean, flat out impressive. Um, <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah. A psychic in Washington, Jean, Jean, Jean or Jean? I, I guess know. Jean. Probably. Yeah, Jean makes or more Jeannie, sense. Maybe. Yeah, it might be Jeannie. Might be it. Yeah, Jean. It's probably Jeannie because she's. I dream of Jeannie. She's a psychic. <laughs> she's a psychic. Uh, Jeannie Dixon sent a text. I guess it wasn't a text. She sent a uh, message. I don't think she sent a text <laughs> in 1969. <laughs> she sent a message. Maybe it was Morse code. I think she called, probably. probably yeah, probably, probably called. Telling the searchers where to find Dennis. Searchers checked that area, which had already been searched, and again, nothing was found. And there. that's kind of weird, because... I just, I don't know how a search, a psychic in Washington is going to know the area enough to tell them where to look for somebody. Because she got a map out and done her psychic ability on the map, probably. But, like, it's, she had some odd things to say about it, and I don't remember what they were. I should have put that in my yeah, notes. Yeah, you should have. But it was, you will, uh, you'll find him, you know, somewhere where there's a stream and trees and something that... It's kind of a vague description. Yeah, vague. Pretty vague thing. But I don't know how they knew where to go look. Because they did go look. Right. I don't know how they knew where to look by her description. Because it could have been 500 different places. I'm not too convinced in psychic abilities to... I don't know. There's a lot of them that say they can help and they they do. Some actually actually do. Maybe that's a future future, um, topic. topic. Yeah, it'd be interesting. But this lady was useless. Yeah, Yeah. so, but she wasn't the only one that called. There was other psychics that called to try to aid in the search, but none of their visions were correct either. Useless. Uh, William Martin, the daddy, said he believed that some people have the ability to see or predict things. So calls from those psychics were taken seriously pretty much at his... And some people said that maybe he was... So desperate at this point that he was taking anything he got. Right. right. And, so, and that, you know, if I was in that situation, I'd probably have He may not too. have really believed they could help, but he's like, you know, he might as well find out. Might as well find out. Most of the areas were places that had already been searched anyway. Uh, some footprints were found a mile from Spence Field that were child size. Authorities said that they were made by the Boy Scouts troop that was helping with the search. Uh, a tracker named Dwight McCarter who was interviewed actually in 2019, so not that long ago. 50 years later. Said the tracks should not have been dismissed because they were tracks made by one kid, not a bunch of kids. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. It's a real good point, actually. That kind of... Not really makes sense why I just threw it out and said, nah, it wasn't his. Yep. Um, so day five came, and we have another... Oh, and that reminds me, also, there was another thing that I left out where they had... I don't know if it was the same footprints. You know, this was coming from two different places, the thing about the footprints. One said it was dismissed as the Boy Scouts. There was another thing about the footprints. It may have been a different day and a different set of footprints, but they claimed those were too too big to be his. So hmm. the family looked at them. They're like, nah, they're too big. His, okay. his, his wouldn't be that big. So Okay. Well, they would probably know. Maybe. I don't know. 
Um, day five comes, more searchers come. We're up to 690 now. And you're you're this far in, it's getting, time is getting precious. Yeah. Even more, every second is going to make it harder to find him. You're, mm-hmm. you're going to have tough time after day five. Um, if he is alive, especially if he's alive, I mean... Mm-hmm. Because if he if he's just lost in the woods on day five, who knows where he's wandered to? For one thing, do what? Who knows where he's wandered to? If yeah. he's still moving, yeah. Where would he be? And I just, I don't think by day five he's still alive in the woods. Probably not. I don't really know. Maybe day three, possibly. But you get into day four and five, I'd start thinking you're looking for a body more than a person. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, searchers began to examine the droppings of bears and other animals to see if they might have been eaten on Dennis. Oh, well, they were thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like they were all thinking the same. Vultures were seen circling overhead, so searchers went to investigate, but it was just a small dead animal. Highway patrol helicopter flew William Martin over the area, and he called to Dennis with a bullhorn. So he's still thinking the opposite now. Yeah. Well, I think if I was a parent in this situation, that's what I would be yep. thinking. But they said that you couldn't hear over the engine, so it didn't really make a difference. It didn't work too good. Media coverage of the search was spreading far and wide. White House officials actually contacted the National Park Service to make sure all possibilities were accounted for in the search. That's interesting. That is very interesting. You got the the White Guard, House calls. Green Berets, and now the White House is calling saying, are you doing everything you can be doing? That really is weird. President Nixon. Yeah, it would have been Nixon. Very strange. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Newly minted President Nixon, too. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, many well-intentioned volunteers came out to help, but they had no training in search and rescue work, so they were turned away. See, I get that in a sense, but at the same time, if they want to help, stick them on a grid and let them walk. Maybe. I think they they help more than they hurt unless they just completely... Unless you've got like just way too many people. Right. That's true. 690 people in this area is a lot of people. What if some of these people are... I mean, let's say they miss something. Right. And they're like, okay, that area's been searched. So nobody goes back and searches this area again. Or maybe they're actually disturbing evidence that might have been there. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Roads were closed to keep curious people out of the park. I can understand that. The search, as we've said, was a massive effort, and it actually is the largest search in national parks history. Mm Hmm. That's pretty interesting, too. Yep. Some have said in recent years that the search was too large. That, you know, yeah, maybe. Many of the people who were searching were inexperienced, didn't know what to look for, and, as you said, could have missed evidence. Mm Mm-hmm. That experienced people would have seen. Yep. That's a good point, I guess. Um, There was two plans, A and B, as to what searchers should do if Dennis was found. Plan A included specific instructions on what to do if he was found alive, and plan B was what to do if he was found dead. The search continued. After day five, the search went into day six, and by this time, 12 and a half square miles had been searched extensively. And over 56 square miles had been searched generally. But That's nothing. a lot of space. Yeah, yeah. Nothing had been found. 
this was farther than any six-year-old could have made it on his own. I would Absolutely. So. Um, Don't think he made it outside of that 12 miles. They searched intensively. No, no, no not on his own. Um, Saturday, June 21st, which is a week later. The 14, day after his seventh birthday. Yeah, okay. So the day after his seventh birthday, 1,400 people continued to search for any sign of him. None was found. He I can't imagine. Like, and vanished. That's an insane amount of people. Uh, over the next week, so the second full week of searches, they the forces started to dwindle. Tracking dogs couldn't find any sense. And they really just... What else do you do? At, at a certain point, what else do you do? Um, the FBI became involved around June 24th to investigate the possibility of a kidnapping. I, I think the FBI should have came and talked about this a little earlier. Yeah, probably. I mean, if he was kidnapped, by two weeks later, you're not... He gone. 24th, let's see. What day did he vanish? The 14th. 14th, was it? Or the yep, 14th. So 10 days they ten waited days to get involved. Yeah. But here's the thing. Why? That's another weird thing. The FBI... National well, they, Guard, Green Beret, FBI. President. But the FBI does the FBI does deal with kidnappings. If it was a kidnapping. Right. I guess they're looking at all possibilities now, but 10 days seems... I think the FBI should have had somebody there a little earlier to talk about yeah. that possibility. By now, if he was kidnapped, that, he's... Yeah, he, he, I mean, you've waited too where. long. Waited too long by now. Be anywhere. Yeah. So June 26th, a man called the Knoxville News Sentinel and said the search needed to look... In the trees and treetops instead of the ground. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, a psychic in New Orleans offered to help search, but he needed funds, food, and shelter, which no one would offer to provide. I don't blame him. Um, <laughs> that sounds like opportunistic yep. to me, but who knows. So the search eventually ends officially on Sunday, June 29th, which is 15 days after disappearance. Yep. A limited search continued for two and a half months. Three rangers who were familiar with the area continued to search during that time and found nothing. The Martins refused to believe that Dennis might be dead. They began offering a $5,000 reward for any information that might lead to Dennis's return. They got no viable leads and no one ever claimed that reward. Hmm. That's, um, and it ends there. I mean, that's, that's it. Maybe. Nothing ever came of any of that. No, not any of that. But right. there, there is a little more later on. So, what happened? What do you think? Talk about some theories. I have some of these theories are pretty, you pretty decent. Them? Let's go. Let's get through them. All right. So, theory number one: Dennis became disoriented and wandered away from Spence Field. He could have fallen down a steep slope or ravine in the area and died of his injuries. It's also possible that during the heavy rain that night, no shelter, that he was exposed to the ailments and died of hypothermia. I'm on, I'll go on record and say I do not believe that. Either way, his remains uh, were then found by scavenging animals, and there was little to no trace left because of that. Mm-hmm. I, I can see him falling and that and dying, and the animals dragging him off like that. I can, I can that see that. That makes sense. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, another possibility is that the remains were not found by animals, 
but that he was so small that he could have been hidden under thick brush and they just missed him. Eh, maybe. Yeah. He maybe. had on a bright uh, red shirt, supposedly. Uh, so. Yeah, that that seems less likely. But then I mean, again, I the mean, animals would have probably picked him off. There could be some big holes in the woods. You never know. A big hole that you fall down and nobody ever see him. Yeah. Just because there was stuff piled up all around it, especially after the rain. Wasn't there another one that somebody said that... Wasn't there another case we went over that somebody said that in? Or was it this one that you were talking about one day? No, I don't. There must there might have been another one. I can't remember. Either serious deja vu or we talked about that before. I may have. I don't, I don't know. Um, but, you know, why did Dennis wander off if he did? Um they were, you know, going to play a trick on the adults with the other kids. He was supposed yep. to run out and ambush them. So, so what would make him decide just to walk away instead? I, I, you know, to me, if that's what happened, if he just wandered off, I think he just got turned around. He thought he was going the right to, direction, and didn't? He but have had to wander off pretty quick, though. Too. Right, it would have been quick because where he was at, he should have been able to see them still. Yep. But you know, a kid. Then again, they get to walking. They may just not It realize. was between three and five minutes before they started looking for yeah. him. And he could have gotten not very far, but that would have been long enough to have gone a little way and fell down a hole uh, or fell yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Uh, also, though, if he got lost, why didn't he call out for help? Uh, they said, you know, earlier that he was a quiet and shy boy, but if you're lost in the woods, I think that kind of changed. Maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe not. Um, maybe not because I don't know. <laughs> maybe not. I don't, he just yeah. might not be a not be a yeller. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, he didn't answer when his father began to call him three to five minutes later. So why not? Could he have already been too far for his father? That's the thing. I don't know if he could be too far. Away. I don't think that quickly he could have been. I, I just think, I feel like that's not quick enough for that to happen. But I don't know. His father went in one direction pretty much. And Dennis was the other. And the grandpa went in another direction. But this is, you know, you think of a three hundred and sixty degree yeah. circle. You got one going at this direction, one going this way. That's a lot of yeah, area there that space. somebody's not covering. It's yeah, absolutely. So it's possible. Yeah. So, theory number two. Dennis was the victim of an animal attack. So, we stated before there was wild boars that were supposedly in the area, and they found some evidence of that. Mm -hmm. um, so, could Dennis have been in the wrong place at the wrong time and was caught by a boar not very long after he went into the woods? That's possible. Some have also said that this was a drought. There was a drought the previous year, so there were few, fewer food sources that were currently available in the park. Um, obviously, there's black bear in the area. And it had been an aggressive spring and summer because of that food shortage as well. Shortage as well. So the bears are hungry and they're looking for food. Yeah. Uh, they ain't finding much. No. <laughs> Several bear have been seen in the Spence Field area. Um, so maybe he came upon a bear. Possible. And he was hungry. And what's a bear doing if hungry it eats? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that, you know. That is entirely possible. possible. Yeah, absolutely possible. And uh, it could have happened quick enough that by the time I started looking, he was already 
carried off. Just gone. Dealt with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, number three. Dennis mm. was abducted. This one is interesting. You know, searching that long and not finding anything, there's only so many things that I actually could be. Yes. This one's pretty intriguing. Um, so during the second week of the search on June 26th, Harold Key, all right, we've not talked about him yet, nope. but he is from Carthage, Tennessee, and he told Park Headquarters that he had been hiking in Cade's Cove uh, on the day that Dennis disappeared. He said that his sons, he and his sons had heard a terrible scream. Hmm. Um, the video I listened to earlier, he, he they said that, he said it was probably the worst sound he'd ever heard. Hmm. Did not know what it was. It was awful. His wife, who was near the car, said she also heard the scream and thought it was one of her children. All right, so they walked about 200 yards and noticed a man hiding in the bushes who was definitely avoiding them. One of his kids, um, I heard, said, look, Daddy, there's a bear. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, that's a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is interesting. So remember that, because I'm going to talk about that here in a minute. Yes. Uh, a couple of sources say that the man had something slung over his shoulder, and one of the sources said that something looked like it was something red and i don't know about that i don't that's in one one source that said he had something red on his shoulder i didn't hear the red thing when i was looking at it but but key said that they thought he could have had something over his shoulder Eh, maybe but he didn't say red yeah, so, somebody's added that later on. Yeah, somebody just added that, I think. So anyway. They may have um, even added the something. I don't know. <laughs> because the newspaper thing, newspaper article didn't even say that. Yeah. Didn't even, like, the that came out at the time. Yeah. Well, okay. So, I don't really buy the red part. I, I think not. it's possibly he had something over his shoulder. Maybe he didn't. It's but a little conflicting there too. That could but be the anything. Red. That could yeah, be. It could be anything. Backpack, uh, sleeping yeah. bag. Yeah. Whatever. Stuff you take with you when you're hiking. Yeah, for sure. Um, there also was a white car with nobody inside, parked near the keys. When he arrived at the park, when they returned, that white car was gone. You know that don't. That's pretty circumstantial. You're at a pretty popular place. Yeah. Just because there's a car there doesn't mean it's connected. But anyway, who knows? Uh, officials said that the incidents were probably unrelated because of the area where Mr. Keyes saw the man acting strangely was about seven miles from where he disappeared. And that seven miles is the route that someone would normally take in the park. That's walking the trails. So, so depends on how trails. long after he saw him. If you walk the trails, though, it's seven miles. So what if you don't walk the trail? Yeah, if you don't walk the trail. I mean, I don't know. We'll, talk, we'll, we'll get back to that part. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, um, the two areas are really dir- directly four miles apart. So if you're just... Not on a trail. Yeah, if you're just going so, straight there and you can actually navigate that. If you're abducting a kid, you're probably not going to take the trail. It might be a little rougher than taking the trail. Probably some more 
Oh, yeah, it'd be rough. Rough terrain. But you can cut off three miles and avoid other people. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Uh, in 2016, a researcher spoke to Harold Key, who was 90 at the time, and his daughter Wanda, who had been there with him in the 1969. His story remains the same. He saw an unoccupied white vehicle parked on the road, and as he got about three to 500 yards into the woods, he saw a middle-aged white man walking quickly through the woods. Heading towards the road, he got into the white vehicle, then drove off at a high speed headed towards Cade's Cove. The story is a little different, right? It actually, sounds a little different to me. Because he actually <laughs> sees him now get in the vehicle, where before, yeah, in the yeah. other, the it other version, gone. it was not there. Yeah, his, his story's changed Also, no head. mention of the thing on the shoulder in right. that version either. Yeah, so, so Mr. Key don't remember as well as it seems, I don't so think. He is he was ninety. Yeah. Uh Key said that the man started walking faster when he was spotted and says that he was acting nervous. Mr. Key remembers telling his wife that man he is thinking strange thoughts. Hmm. <laughs> People talk like that. Yes, uh, Mr. Key's dead. Mr. Key's dead. So they say this was sometime between two and seven. That's a long period of time, though. Very, very large, large time. Any time in this five-hour window. Yeah. And Dennis disappeared around 4.30. (sighs) I mean, I don't know either. Uh, Key also added, though, in 2016 that he heard a child scream, Help! Followed by an agonizing scream of pain. If you hear that, why don't you go figure out what's going on, Mr. Key? That is a... That is a thing. Why I mean, go... if I'm hearing a child screaming that bad, I'm going to go figure it out. I'm going to go try to yep. help. Especially when they say help. But he says he thought the scream had come from some distance away. Well, then it didn't come from this man. This no, man especially since you then. saw the man just, just right. apparently right after this. Get in his car. I don't know. Key's daughter says that her brother also heard the scream, but he said he couldn't tell if it was a child or an animal. So apparently it didn't say help then. Yeah. Unless an animal says help. <laughs> right. Help. right. <laughs> Key did die in 2019 at the age of 94. So what we got about his story, we've got. That is it. I'm not going to add anything else. Nope. Um, I'd be interested to talk to his children. And see what they really remember and what daddy really remembered. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it be, might be interesting. But anyway, so the keys were not sure when they heard the scream between two and seven. Uh, I mean, that's that's such a big difference. I mean, big time difference. And Dennis didn't disappear until 430. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is possible that somebody got him at 430, took him four miles in the direction of the keys. And that they were there at the same time. So maybe they saw but him at like six, six thirty ish. Yeah, something like that. But that puts it toward. Yeah, to me that puts it too far, too close to the end of their window. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, how do you not know the difference between two and seven? And the scream and That's the guy a, does not line up because no. you hear the scream and it sounds like it's a long way off. Yeah. Then you see the guy like right after the scream. I mean, did it say it was right after the scream? Around the same time, the way it gets sound. So he didn't travel unless maybe he left. I mean, that's the only thing I think if he left him somewhere and ran. Right, and ran. But then why didn't he just stumble down to the road 
six-year-old kid. You know, I don't know. Well, don't maybe know. the scream is he was left, and that's when something got him. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, Key said that he heard the call for help in the scream and thought it was a long ways off, obviously, and couldn't pinpoint the direction. He also says that that man walking nervously to the car, but he didn't have a kid with him. I just don't think they're that connected. The man was Dennis like killed he was up and something, left? But I don't know. Which is obvious, possible, I guess. Um, but you know, or left and then killed. Yeah, but I just By I feel like bear. Yeah, if he did do that, though, what's the point? Like, what was the point of that? What was the point of kidnapping him in the first place? Yeah. Period. <laughs> Unless this may tie into other things that we are not into yet, but keep going. So in 1985, a man came forward and told authorities he had found the skeletal remains of a child in Big Hollow, Tennessee, which is about four miles as crow flies from Spence Field. The man said that he had found the bones years earlier while hunting ginseng. He had not reported it because he was afraid he'd be prosecuted. Hmm. That's probably a good point. Yeah. Um, Swain County Rescue Squads. It's interesting. Was why would Swain County go over there? I'm not sure. Anyway, Swain County's in North Carolina. For those of you who don't aren't familiar with the area, very close to this area. I mean, it's really close. It's not far, but it's interesting that they searched the area in 1985 after he came forward and found nothing. So did that man take the bones? I don't. I I don't know. He had said that they looked like they were scattered by animals. I remember that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, so other possibilities and some interesting facts yeah, about it all. Weird stuff. Uh, there's some who think it is strange that the military and the government became so involved in the search. Me included. Mm-hmm. The White House called. FBI was involved. Green Berets assisted in the search. National Guards assisted in the search. National Guards, okay. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes more sense. But when you add everything else to it, it's strange. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the Green Beret, because search and rescue is not part of their duties. Nope, not um, normally. A large amount of military equipment, helicopters, airplanes, the Jeeps, was brought in to assist. A ton of stuff. Some military personnel from as far away as Florida was flown in to help. President Nixon was monitoring the situation. Dwight McCarter, who was a ranger in the park, said the special forces, which was the Green Berets, barely communicated with the authorities. They operated more or less on their own. He also claims they were heavily armed. And then there there are some other people, though, who say that they saw them and they were not heavily armed, had nothing, no (laughs) guns or anything at all. And there are pictures of them, yeah. and they don't have any guns. No. So, eh, okay. this guy may be... Good job, Dwight. I don't know. He wrote a book about it, apparently. I mean, he Did wrote he? a book, and this was in the book part of the book, so... Maybe he'd make a book sale. So, I don't know. There's never been this much government or military involvement in a single missing person case before or after. So, what made this one so special? They don't even put out that much effort to find their own military people yeah I mean, if one person in the military goes missing somewhere i don't know overseas in the middle of a war somewhere nobody they don't send that many people to go find the guy no even if they know he's like kidnapped by the enemy they right. don't go find i mean him. this is unless it's saving private ryan or something like that this is pretty unprecedented yes 
Um, FBI files on this case have never been released to the public. Also, something that's odd. They, the the missing four one one author said that he had been trying to get their documents. Yep, several people and have. can't get them. They won't Freedom of Information Act should allow them to be released, but they can't get them. Um, Makes it sound like they, you're hiding yeah, something there. Yeah. At least one person online claims the only reason this case would have attracted so much military and government attention was if it had direct effect on national security. Dennis vanished very quickly while no more than 30 feet away from his friends and family. Yeah. There was no trace of him despite thousands of searches, thousands of people searching nonstop for two weeks. And then for two months after that, three more people kept on. And the search continued and nothing was ever found. William Martin Dennis's dad died in 2014 and the rest of the family has not discussed the case since 1969. Um, the video I listened to earlier said that the author of the missing 411 went to Dennis's dad's house mm. before he died. Mm-hmm. Knocked on the door. He came to the door and he said, I want to talk about Dennis. And he said, we don't talk about that. Mm. And he said, I know more about this case than anybody's ever talked to you about it. <laughs> and he said, I've got some things I want to talk to you about. And his, he said that, he said, okay. And he came out on the front porch, shut the door, and come out there and talk to him for a little bit. And he said that he, the keys, that he wasn't told about the keys seeing anybody hmm. at the time. And he stayed, they, they said that he stayed in the park for two solid months, didn't leave. And he wanted to be told about everything that was going on. And he was not made aware of that. Hmm. Which he thought was odd. That is odd. Um... And I'll say, I said earlier that his son, according to the Missing 411 author, he said that the son, the key son, said it was, he saw, thought there was a bear up there. His dad said, no, that's a man. Supposedly, I have no proof of this. I've heard this is true. But I've not, and you can't even, I, I saw a video on it one time. A few, not a few years ago, probably a year ago, I was looking up some stuff and found it. I don't even know if I could find it again. But this man claimed that his dad or grandpa or uncle, somebody in his family, had told them stories about wild men in the park, Mm. Great Smoky Mountains. Interesting. And he said that these wild men were like you or me. They weren't some beast. They weren't mm-hmm. some mutation, but not, they were not just a Sasquatch. Yeah, not Sasquatch. They were just wild people that wouldn't leave the park because you know a lot of people lived in the park before they made a national park. Yeah, and these people wouldn't leave. There was a man that lived in Catalucci and died. I don't know five years ago, froze to death. Hmm. He had lived there for years. He didn't leave, and. Yeah. There was a guy that lived in Cades Cove up until through the 90s. Wouldn't leave. Anyway, according to the guy in the video I saw about a year ago, he said that these wild men pretty much ran rampant in the park. Did whatever they wanted to do. And said that they would wear, you know, skin of animals Mm -hmm. and (laughs) dress wild. And he said... 
that the um, park ended up bringing in Green Berets okay. to take them out at one point in time. Interesting. To wipe them out because they were causing problems. So, that's why when we were talking about the Green Berets coming in on this, it made me think of that story. And the, the guy, the Missing 411 author, he discussed the wild men on that video a little bit. And if I read, if I read the book, we'll probably rediscuss some of these cases because I'm sure he gives his theory on them. And I'd like to mm-hmm. share that because he, he's got interesting theories. He's a lot more supernatural sounding <laughs> than probably what my theories are, but it's another option, you know, at least let you hear about it. Don't mean it's true, but it's yeah. interesting to hear. Um, so basically he, I guess his theory on this is the wild man stole him. And if there's a wild man running around the woods, he could get there quick enough. That would make sense. You know, but what's probably, the point? He probably did not get in the white car if it was the wild man. Yeah, he wouldn't have gotten that car. That That's, you know, and that throws things off. But did the man get in the white car? Right. Because one um, time he said the car was just gone when he came back. And another time he said the man got in the car and drove off. Yeah. Yeah. Could have been two different men. He didn't even really, you know, I, I don't know. So what do you think happened? Uh, I would lean more toward just an animal grabbing him. Right. But if I wanted to get into the um, the more, uh, shall we say, conspiracy theory type theory, mm-hmm. the wild man thing sounds okay. But I'm going to yeah, say that... Yeah, it's not terrible, is it? I'm really? going to say that if that was not the case, let's say it's not a wild man. Mm-hmm. Since that one person online, I don't even remember who it was, said it had something to do with national security. I wonder if there weird. wasn't something going on. Not necessarily wild men, but something happening in that area... That we just, nobody knew about. Yeah. And this guy that was seen running through the woods had something to do with it. He was involved in it. And he grabbed him. And the military and whatever knew that this guy was here, knew that this guy probably did it. Yeah. And maybe they were more after this guy than they were looking for the kid. Right. I mean, that's, I don't know. And the, the Martins just got in a wrong place, wrong time situation. Yeah. Where something else was going on. With all, with all the things that we discussed and the stories we went over, I always want to go towards the strangest possibility. But I think looking at this objectively, I think an animal attack makes by far the most sense. Probably. Uh, whether it was wild boars, because literally there would be no trace of him. Or a bear, a hungry bear. There would be either no trace one. there either. And and that makes the most sense. But the thing about it is, if that happened, it, how would they not hear the attack happen? Why would he not scream? Yeah, he, he would have screamed the animal Unless makes noise. it was just noise. too quick for him to scream. Yeah, but I don't know. But would they know. not have heard something in the they woods They would have heard that. Bears are pretty big. They make a little bit of noise. Yeah. They would have heard something if that was the case. So, if it was an animal attack, if it was something like that, I think he did literally wander off. And But I don't know how his dad missed him. I don't know. Unless, as I said, maybe he just 
He but went in the wrong direction. In in my yeah, in my <laughs> in my um not wanting to be a conspiracy theorist mind, that makes the most sense. Yep. In my conspiracy theorist mind, there's a wild man running around the smoky mountains that took the kid. This could explain these other disappearances and, too. And and, in and the same so, area. Yeah, and so the Green Berets were brought in to take care of business. Yep. The Green Berets coming in is weird. And that's why, even if the animals did the attack, that leads me to believe there's something else going on in the area. Yep. And they had reason At to least. believe they had something to do with Dennis. Yep. They thought something. The military I mean, government thought something. Yeah, they thought something. Was happening. Yeah. I'd love to see the documents. Probably never see them. No. No, they won't release them, but it, it's interesting. It's very sad for this family, too. Yep. You know, I, I can't imagine being in that situation, but interesting, interesting for sure. I wonder, let's see, how old would his brother have been, or how old would he be now? He was nine. He was nine in 1969. So, I can't do math. He'd be almost 60. No, he'd be 60, 61. He'd have been 60 in. See, it's 50 60 years. 60 in 2019. So he'd be 59, 60. 61. He would be 60. Wouldn't he? This was in 69. 69 to 2020 is 60 years. No, it's not. 51 years. 51 years. 51 yeah. years. So he was nine, so he'd be 60. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I was thinking 10. I don't know why I was doing math that way. 60 years, 60 old. years old. And he's not, they don't say anything but they don't about, talk about it. it. Yeah. I'm sure they will not listen to this either. No, but I, you know, I really feel for this family. I just, I, I would love to know what they actually think. Maybe, I don't know, maybe there's some reason they don't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't, I can't imagine even being, be awful for the parents and the grandparents, but being a nine-year-old and your brother happens to your brother. Mm-hmm. Be awful to live your whole life like that, knowing that something happened, you just don't know what, and you're never going to go what, probably. Nope. Sad situation. Well, let us know what you think. Hope you enjoyed this story today. Send an email to... The Mesher Brothers at gmail.com if you would like to share your thoughts. Yeah. And one of the Mesher Brothers, not me, because I'm not a Mesher Brother, (laughs) one of the Mesher Brothers will respond to you. Yep, we will. We absolutely will. Probably Craig. (laughs) Definitely Craig, actually. I would say, I would say so. Nick will never read your emails. No, but I'll tell him. I will tell him. I do want to give a shout out to a couple um, a couple new areas that are listening pretty heavy. The majority of our listeners are in the United States. But it breaks down by region. We actually have a few listeners in the United Kingdom and we have a few listeners in Canada. Hmm. Um, and then we have a couple in a, a lot of places who at least listen to an episode, but those two definitely have decent little percentages that listen. And that's, you know, to me, it's pretty cool. And in Ireland as well. So 
Hello, Ireland. Hey. 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 Uh, hey. We, I'd love to hear from... Email us. Tell us where you're, tell us where you're uh, actually at. Tell us about Ireland. I would love to hear from anybody, any of the international listeners. I'd love to hear from you. Anyway. Tell uh, us how you found us, too. Yeah, that'd be nice. Be nice to know. Very interesting. So, all right. Well, do you have any closing thoughts? I have no closing thoughts. None at all? Nope. Well, my closing thoughts are be careful out there. Be careful in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. There's wild men there. There is wild men. Be you careful. don't want to be a victim. We don't want to talk about you on the next podcast, so Absolutely. be careful. <laughs> Absolutely not. All right, guys. We will see you next time. I've been Craig. And this is Doug. (laughs) I am Master Brothers Presents. We will see you soon. Adios.